Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show, but before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns 
into breakthroughs and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. And of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you. Another episode with my friend, Jerome Aldonado. What's up, brother? How are you? Oh, bro. Good to be here, man. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much. Yeah, so we, we connected in happenstance, for lack of a better way to phrase it, where you're like eating a sandwich and I'm eating a sandwich and we're at this event and we just connect and everyone at the event is going and doing their thing. And for like two hours, we're just like walking around having a conversation. It was like kindred spirits in some kind of weird way. So I'm really excited to have you on this show and, and get to introduce you to the audience here. Um, what's something that I need to know about your past to understand who you are today? I think a lot of who I'm built on comes from a little bit of pain that I suffered as a kid, not from my parents. Uh, my story is a lot different than yours and some other people's, but I think a lot of people can relate to this. I, I was dyslexic as a kid and didn't know until I was in college, but in first grade, I had reading issues and I went to a private school and I was ridiculed because of it, not by kids, but by teachers. And it was held back by it. And I always had the same inferiority complex about myself from the time I was in first grade. And I saw the principal, the teacher who was a nun, and my mom negotiating what grade I was going to go to in second grade or stay in first grade. And from that point forward, I always felt like I had something to prove in order to get to the next level in anything I did in life. And, um, but I had one thing that helped me through that. And it was a strong mom, um, that kept my confidence up, but I always felt like, um, you know, there, it was a private school setting called special education, but in, in terms of no other better word, it was a special education program where I was pulled out of class every day, my whole life, all the way till eighth grade, um, to go read with less than average kids. And so one of the big things is I, 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 I could have depicted my life in that regards. And it's for a certain amount of time I did. And that you were lesser. Yeah. That I, I felt like less, less of a, of a person inadequate to my peers. Um, because I couldn't read as fast as them. I, I, it actually put me in a position where at a young age, I became a little bit more aggressive because I'd rather throw a spitball in class or, um, or do something that would get me in trouble to get put in the corner, um, as opposed to read in front of a group. Um, because I, the, the other kids would, uh, would shout out the words that I couldn't read fast enough. And, um, and it made me feel inferior to them. And the teachers did help because, you know, you think you're in this private Catholic um, school, looking back that they would help you, right? And it, it wasn't like that all the way through school. There was a few good teachers that are memorable. Um, but the vast majority of them just didn't want you as a problem. So they would get rid of, they would dismiss you as opposed to helping me. And so th I think that's an important piece of my life. I don't really talk about to a lot of people, but it really sculpts. It sculpted me to who I am today. Um, and it was a negative, um, what I felt was a negative attribute as a child, which actually has become a positive attribute um, in who I am today. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think I still carry some of that with me now. And, and we, I think as adults, um, there's a lot of adults that carry that with them. I know because even 
with as much success as I've had, there's moments in my life. And when I say there's moments, because now as I've grown, it's easier for me to overcome it by telling myself that none of the inadequacies really add up to who I really am, but yet they still live deep within me. And I still, there's moments in time where I feel that inferiority that I felt as a kid today at almost 50 years old. Yeah. And it's almost impossible not to. You know, we we are the sum total of all of our human experiences. And and the hard part about it too is like when when you're a child and you're at that age and you need compassion and empathy, love and care, especially from teachers, the space where you're at in the most, your parents, your peers, you're in this developmental state. It's like, you guys don't understand that I'm struggling here. Yeah. And you think that it, like what I ran into, dude, my brain does not matter. If you're like, what is two plus two? I'm like 312. Because like, I, and I'll sit there and look at numbers and it's my biggest struggle. And I had this teacher in, in high school and she would ridicule me in front of kids and she'd be like, you're not trying. And I'm like, I cannot explain to you the fact that my brain cannot function, that I do not understand what you're talking about. And then like you talk about this thing about inadequacy, it, it really kind of seeps at you. Yeah, bro. That was me with, with reading. And math was my thing. Like I could do math, but for the life of me, reading, in, anything that had to do with reading. So it wasn't just um, reading. It was um, in reading comprehension. Is anything with comprehension. So it would have to do with social studies, social sciences, sciences. It had to do with English. It had to do with any of that stuff. So like math was the only thing I was good at, you know, mm. and everything else suffered. Which is my complete opposite, which is really funny. And so when, when you're, when you're in that and as a kid and, and you mentioned like you even feel some ramifications now adding at, at 50 years old, it's like, how do you, how do you navigate the world when there's this thing that you have no control over that actually is controlling everything around you? Like you talked about violent outbursts, you talked about being, you know, getting in trouble so you don't have to read. How'd that play out? Like when you're in your teens and in your twenties and thirties, like what role did those experiences play in your adult life? You know, I think if it would have, if it would have went from there to my thirties, um, it would have been catastrophic. In life, God puts people in your life at the right time if you allow, kind of like what you talked about. Like when we talked for almost two hours the other day, the rest of the, of who was there for me, no one else was there. We got so deep in conversation that no one else really mattered. I think that God kind of brought us together for whatever reason, you know? Um, and you're the one that mattered that day um, in, the, in the relationship. In life, I think that God puts the right people in life if you allow him to and you embrace them. There's a few people. There was a, a, a woman by the name of Miss McCullough, and she, she wouldn't even know this. Um, I don't think, I, I've always, I, I would wish that at some point in time, I'd be able to find her. Um, I don't know her first name. I never have because she was just Miss McCullough, right? But her impact on my life was strong because she believed in me. Um, my mom um, was a huge impact in my life because she never gave up on me and she believed in me when I needed her. In uh, seventh grade, I actually got kicked out of the private school I was in and my mom went to every single private school in town and nobody wanted. Um, and my mom wanted me to go to a private high school but they didn't have a wrestling team. And this one nun um, at our school called Holy Ghost took me in and she embraced me. And she sat me down and her name was Sister Ada. And she, uh, she sat and said, Jerome, I want to know what happened in a, in a nutshell, basically. 
And then I kind of gave her a rundown. And she was, I believe you're a good kid because I believe that no kid is bad, right? And she goes, and I want you to work with me. And um, I even get a little emotional with some of that stuff because it's people like that at the right time that have belief in you that make milestones of changes in life, which I'm sure you've had in your life at the right times. And it was her that day sitting there with me and her just looking at me saying, I believe in you. That changed where I was going. I was in trouble um, in seventh grade to going into eighth grade. I didn't want to disappoint. And so it's, I think God put her specifically in my life at that moment to change my direction. And um, because I could have went down a really bad road because I was fighting and I was real aggressive. And most of it was because I felt very inadequate in what I was doing Um, because everybody made me feel that way. And um, and I was just a kid and I didn't know, you know, I didn't know at that time um, I felt like I was to blame for everything, you know, that everything that went wrong. And when I look at it now, like at my kids, I just, when, when I became father, I wanted to make sure my kids never felt like that. And so that was a, a real important piece for me, um, being a dad. And, um, and it was like those people that were put in my life that made catastro- catastrophic changes for me. Um, it could have it, it been a catastrophic change, but made really positive impacts on me in such a major way that really shifted my life. Um, me not wanting to, to let her down shifted who I was. I worked hard at being the best Jerome Jerome could be my eighth grade year because I was still a dumb kid. Sure. With, with bad with dumb tendencies, but a good kid, you know? Um, my intentions weren't ill and bad. Um, I just was placed to that. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be in trouble for everything I do. I'll just, I might as well do some stuff that I shouldn't be doing, right? And you think like that as a kid, you know? And so, um, so that she was put in my life. And then that led me into high school. And it was sports and athletics that kept me dri- uh, driving in that direction. And so my coaches, the people that, that were coaching me, um, in not letting them down, um, my peers that believed in me, um, my goals. I started having goals. So I felt like when I went to a public high school in ninth grade, I was like, I wasn't the dumb kid anymore. I was like the kid that was like above average at that point in time. And I didn't know that because I never felt that feeling. So that little win in my life in ninth grade was huge for me because I was like, I'm not the dumb kid in class anymore. I'm like, I'm like I, I can part up with these people. Um, so I think that a lot of it is, is God putting the right you in the right place at the right time, giving you the right circumstances. I think sometimes people don't embrace it and don't um, gravitate to it. And the bright people at the right time will be presented to you. And I, I really believe that because my whole life has went in that direction. And I've allowed some of those people at the right times to come in where it's made major changes in the direction of my life. That's so powerful, man. I, I, I can trace through so many experiences of not only my childhood, but even in today where it's like, the right people just keep coming into my life. And it wasn't always like that. Obviously, this audience knows my story. You know my story. And for a long time, I hated people. Like that that would be the understatement of the century, right? I just hated other humans so desperately. All the pain, all the hurt, all the suffering, all the times where I was talked down to or belittled or told you don't matter or you're a loser. And, but there was, there was kind of always just like that one shining star, like, like this Miss McCauley, you said yeah, that you had, and I had that in Mr. Hollingsworth and Mr. Bush, these amazing teachers. And then I've had it since with 
amazing mentors, some who are like literal mentors and some are friends and men like you and Tom Bilyeu and uh, David Meltzer and, you know, other friends. And it periodically is just like, man, all these things just kind of happen where I just kept being open to it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's really difficult when you come through those experiences, because that's traumatic. I mean, obviously you're emotional about it. Like it's, it carries weight with you even into adulthood, which is what I'm always trying to explain to my clients. I'm like, just because you're here, doesn't mean this is over. Yeah. Right. But it, but it's like, if you're willing, I, I believe this, and this has been probably one of the hardest things I've learned personally. If you're willing to just allow the space to trust people, most of the time they're not going to let you down. Yeah. And I believe in that. Um, you know, I, th- I think that most people genuinely are good. I agree. I, 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 um, I've met more good people. Instagram won't tell you that. <laughs> no, but social media won't tell you that. They'll, um, they condemn me for the smallest things. And then, and then there's a lot of haters out there. And I think that those haters are really in their own, they're bleeding in, internally in their own um, problems and traumatic issues that they have in their lives. Um, and, you know, like that stuff made me strong. You know, um, these people, you know, people go to this stuff and, their 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 solution to their pain is having other people feel pain. Um, one of the biggest things that I think uh, I've learned over the course of time is when I, I get people around me that are doing well. And I ran my businesses like this. I'm hard on them. I, I'm hard on people. I mean, I'm very critical of them. And part of that is because I'm so hard on myself because of what I went through. I think, and um, I'm hard on people so much so that sometimes it breaks them before it lifts them up. And I try to make it a point to not, to not be so critical on them that it breaks them before it lifts them up. One thing that I've had to work at as an employer is trying to be critical enough where it helps them grow, but not break them, and then help them tally up to what their true potential is. Because I think that so many people live with so many inner demons, um, all different walks of life, you know, from different upbringings and different circumstances that... Um, what my pains have brought me has allowed me to be able to help in other people. It's been cool. And, uh, you know, we hopefully, uh, you know, as an end result, I'll help more people in my life than, than, um, than I ever bargained for and hope they'll be able to make an impact on, on them. And it's not my life goal, but I, I think that some of what I went through has been able to help me uh, make some major changes in my life, and other people's lives. And I'm just thankful. Most people though, and, and I, put myself in the accountability of most people in what I'm about to say, just become massively bitter. Yeah. They just massively bitter about the world, about other people, because there is so much suffering. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. There's so much of this concept where you don't have worthiness and, and we seek it and like these people won't give it to us. And maybe it's our parents or our teachers or our friends or our, our, our intimate partner. And we become bitter and we become dismayed and we just be our melancholy and we hate the world. And it's like, what do you do on those? Right. Because in, in my mind, well, here's what I relegated it to very simply put. There's a statement that I make to myself that life is going to life. And it's just my way of just being like, man, people are going to suck some. Yeah. But we get so caught up because I, I guarantee it. You've had employees and someone who's ran teams for my entire adult life. You've had employees that you pushed that didn't realize like you're pushing them because you see potential and they hate you and yeah. they resent. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. And like, if you don't have ill intentions, it, uh, 
you know, it's all out of good in your heart, you know, but you're right. Um, I think sometimes people, and a lot of people do, because I think they have a lot of pain that they went in life. And to your point, you know, I have a saying that it's not right. It's not wrong. It just is. One of my mentors taught me that. They go, look, I, you know, Bill, one of my mentors early on, he said, Drunk, there's things in life. He goes, you're, you're going to be, you, you want to be right or you want to be rich. I'd rather be wrong and rich than right and broke. And he goes, some things in life aren't right. They're not wrong. They just are. You got to accept them for what they are. And, um, and when you take on life in that circum, uh, under those circumstances, you realize that sometimes people just want to be right. Just let them be right. And sometimes them being right makes them feel more righteous in their own good. It doesn't make you less of a person. Um, it doesn't make you less of who you are. It just allows them to ante up to what makes them feel better about themselves, you know? And so that's helped me a lot in business. It's helped me a lot, even on a personal basis and, um, in accepting, you know, um, where, where you are in things. It's helped me out in business negotiations and lawsuits and everything else that comes along with business. Um, is just understanding that. And I can even tell my wife this and it's helped us out even raising our kids because, um, there's been times where there's been parents or coaches um, or other influences in our kids' lives where we feel like what was happening to our kids in that moment should be happening to our kids in that moment. And you get like angry because you're a protective parent, right? And um, and I have to sometimes tell my wife, I say, hey, look, you know, I said, they, they don't even know what they're doing. You know, like they're not doing it deliberately. Like they're not trying to hurt our kids, but they're hurting our kids. So we as parents have to make conscious decisions to get our kids out of a, uh, a compromising situation and a toxic situation and, um, and, and migrate them out of it. Cause it's not, it's not that it, they're right and we're wrong or right, vice versa. That circumstance just is as it sits. And it's how we handle that circumstance. It actually is going to depict what the outcome is. And that's life. Like that's everybody's life that's watching. That's your life. Like what you did to turn your life around. That's your, that's how you did it. Um, and that's how I did it. And because the situation that I was in, as bad as, it, as I make it sound, I had a really good childhood, but that was just something that really impacted my childhood. And was, did the teachers think they were doing wrong at that time? No. But did they know they were affecting me in a negative way, in such a negative way that they were? No. So was it right? In my eyes, it wasn't. But in their eyes, they were not wrong. It just was the circumstances that I was brought up in. And I had to figure out how to deal with that. It just is. And I had, it was up to me to be able to figure out life. Yeah. And it's up to people watching. I mean, we're all subjected to crazy circumstances. That's just life. And it's up to us to figure out like, how do we, how do we acclimate to this? That is just is that it just is. How do we move forward from? I, one of the things that comes to mind as you're saying that is like when you, the ego has a need to be right. Yep. Right. Yep. But the ego also has a need to be a fit. Yep. And so you're constantly yep. in this throw of the back and forth of you're right or I'm right or you're wrong or I'm wrong. And when you get to that place, and this is, again, I want to stay on this for a moment. This concept I have of life is going to life. Like you could do the worst thing in the world to me. And the thing that I'm going to take from it is like, whatever. It's like, yeah. And in that, that's not to be dismissive. It's not that I don't get hurt. It's not like if, if, uh, you know, when I left my last relationship, I was crippled by it. Like it totally sucked, right? When I lose friends, when I have business go awry, when 
the podcast doesn't do as well as I hoped it would do, you know, and, and things of that nature. I, I just kind of go in the long run, it doesn't actually matter. What matters is this moment right here on this couch, having this conversation, the relationship with my incredible friends, with my community, getting to speak and serve, having the ability to like live life despite all the reasons why I shouldn't be here. And, and there is the word that I go to and that is freedom. But so many people, Jerome, you know this, man, they're so trapped. They're so trapped in the thing that happened in third grade. Yeah. Yeah. And I have family members like that. And it's sad to me because they're people that I really hold close to my heart and I love. And I wouldn't even say who they are because they never saw this podcast. And I said who it was, they'd be devastated by me saying it. But it, it, it lives in uh, close to us. It's close to everybody. You know, there's people we know, we're li- there's people that are watching this that are living it. Um, why are you, I agree. Why are you the outlier? Why, what is it that you know that they don't? Because this is what I think people come to a lot is they're like, why is it that talking about myself, they'll look at me and go, how did he figure out? Right. You said it just a second ago. I mean, there's, there's multiple reasons, right? There's, there's more than just this, but there's like one of the things that you just said um, that you do is really one of the, um, is one of the tactical ways of how you overcome it. And you don't look at how it's affecting your day. Like if somebody tells me something negative today about me, I'm like, like how's that really going to affect my life tomorrow? Like it really doesn't, right? And I look at the future and I, I ask myself those questions sometimes. I look at it and go, okay, who is this person? How, did they aff- how have they affected my life in a positive neg- way in the past? How have they affected me in a negative or positive way today? And will what they're doing and telling me today, gonna, is it going to affect my life tomorrow? And if it doesn't, if they haven't affected me and they're not affecting me, and they're not going to affect my life in a positive way, why should I allow them into my life to affect me today? And if, it, if, they, if, if none of that adds up to me moving forward in life, I disregard it 100%. Do you think that's like your superpower then? I, 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 I think I'm blessed that I have that. And, and I do. I, so when I pray sometimes, I tell, I'll say like, God, thank you. You're by the grace of God, go I, you know, because I feel sometimes that I'm lucky that I have something. Because I know it's easier said than done. It's taken a lot of work. And my wife's been telling me that because there's a lot of me- mental illness that runs in my family line like that. Um, and, and I think that, and she goes, I think that you're okay with who you are because of all the self-development that you've done since I was 18 years old, in entrepreneurship. Um, Cause I've been doing it for 30 years. And um, I, I, I don't, I sometimes ask myself if I'd be a different person, if I wouldn't have gotten into this entrepreneurial journey at such a young age and into personal development at such a young age. For sure. And probably 100% for sure, because yeah. I've been working on my personal development for 30 years. I, yeah, that's, dude, here's what I always tell people. I'm like, do you really want to find out who you are being an Yeah. Right. Well, sure. And, and like, it's funny because sometimes people push back on me. I'm like, I thought your show was about mental health. I'm like, yeah, that's the entire game of entrepreneurship. It's all mental health forever. And, and then you're like in this forever. But I, but I think that one of the really interesting parts about the personal development journey is as you grow, you watch everything around you grow. Yeah. And, and you got into it very young, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. Like a, you had a, a child. I'm going to call him a child because he's still 17. And when you're 17, you're a child. I don't care what you say. You're stupid. You are stupid. But you had a kid. I was speaking at your mastermind. And you have all these incredible entrepreneurs in there, paid a ton of money to be with you. And there is this kid, 17 in the room. And bro, my first thought was like, bro, if I was in that room when I was 17, yeah. I'd be a freaking billionaire right now. 
you know? And, and so my, my hope is like, here's what's interesting. Children are so open to receiving. Yeah, they are. Even at that age, at 18, 19, 20, and we have adults. I know the average person listening to this show that 40 years, right? I'm heading into my 40s. I'm getting there. I've been on a personal development journey for 13 years. And it's like, even still, man, I'm like bashing my head against the wall because I'm like, you don't get this still? Like what we're missing the boat here. What what do you think people need to do to really take advantage of personal development? Uh, they need to get rid of um, the negative people in their life. And this is the hardest part for people. It was hard for me. Um, it's still, I still battle with this sometimes. Like I, I talk about how good and how my mom was to me growing up and how, how she was my backbone. But then as I was an adult, my mom and dad also became my crutch. Mm. And my mom and dad, I'm lucky to, to have my parents in their mid-70s still um, healthy. And I love them to death. And God bless their hearts. But there's people in your life you have to... Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. To rid of either long-term or temporarily or certain aspects to get to where you need to get and you need to make sure that you're not selfish when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And because what is it? Hold on, let's go into that. What do you... How do you not be selfish while you do it? Uh, no, I'm sorry. You need to be selfish. You need to be, okay, yeah. I, I thought that might be where you were going because I yeah. was like, how do we navigate? That? Yeah. So when, when you're going through this, you have to be selfish. And I've told people this when I'm training. I'm saying, I'll tell them in front of a room when I'm working with people, I know they're at this spot. I'll tell them, look, this time right now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for you to be greedy and selfish because um, I was always taught that a drowning person can't save another drowning person. Mm, and so it's real. If you're, if you're out in the middle of the ocean struggling to stay alive, you can't help nobody. You got to help yourself first. You got to get on dry land. And so if you're being affected um, emotionally by um, people that are around you, and you know what's hard is the biggest thing is it's the people you love. It's, um, it, it is your parents a lot of times. Um, sometimes it's your spouse, yeah. you know. Um, like entrepreneurship, when you've already been married for a long time, is hard sometimes because you might be growing and your wife might not be or vice versa, you know? And um, and it's hard, you know, because I don't know how to tell anybody, well, you're growing at a different pace to divorce some, you know, like that's the opposite of what you want to do. And you may under, you may find that, that your spouse may never embrace your journey. Um, so one thing that, that I was blessed with was I was just a single man, no kids, taking on this journey. But one thing I was very adamant about when I met my wife was- my, was the direction I was going. And she, so much so that as we got, is we grew together, she became a little bit bitter at a certain point in time in our relationship because all relationships go through ups and downs. And um, as close as my wife and I, I feel that my wife and I are now, we've traveled a roller coaster journey over the course of the last 25 years that her and I have been together and the last 16, almost 17 years that we've been married. And part of that was there was times where she was young and I just told her the direction my life was going to go and it was non-negotiable. Like I was, I was non, not negotiating the terms of the direction I wanted my life to go. Like I wanted, I was going to be an entrepreneur. I was working that direction. By the time I met her, I was already doing well. I'd already ridden a little bit of a five-year roller coaster and, um, and I wasn't willing to give that up. 
that and working out. My my one hour workout, four days. In fact, those are two things I told her. Like those are non negotiable. Why? Like if I have to negotiate those, I'm less. I feel like I'm less of a man. And those are two factors in my life that I'm not willing to negotiate with. And there was a certain point in time where, where we had kids and she started losing her sense of identity because she gave up her professional career to be a mom, which was highly, I, I just respect and, and, and love her for so much, but it was hard for her. And, um, and after the second baby, it was hard for her to get in the shape that she was in running um, eight miles a week before my son was born, um, you know, and, and living in this young woman's body growing into a mom. And she felt like she was losing her body, her sense of identity, and and knowing that does my husband still love me for all of this, you know? And um, and we had to ride through through some of this stuff. And I never gave up and compromised my goal. And she was bitter about it certain points in time, but we worked through it together, you know. And I had I had to work harder at being a better husband, and I had to work harder at understanding um, why she was in need of that. I had to work harder, at, and it took me years. Like this didn't happen overnight. Like I mean. You, you battle with it for like a few months. Then you have a few months of, of good times where it doesn't come up. Then so, an in, a circumstance in your life happens where um, it makes them feel inferior again or what you're doing is not the direction that you're growing in together. And, and it's a constant growth and up and down roller coaster ride. And now I feel like I understand it better. God, I hope so 25 years of doing it and 17 years of being together. And I'm still not perfect. I still say dumb, you know? And there's still some times that we're not in alignment. Like even all this social media stuff, she doesn't, she cares less about this than she does my other stuff because she doesn't understand it quite yet, you know? And so she supports me. Hmm. Um, I've never given a reason not to, but we have to understand that, that those relationships are real and those people affect your life. So when you're in your infant stages of change and growth and develop, you need to be around people that truly support you and help you grow. And sometimes the people to help you grow in moments, tear you down. And in those moments, you have to know what to shake off because sometimes those people hurts more from those people. And it does from sedentary individuals that are just out there in life, right? Um, one of the things that I, yeah, 100%. And one of the things that came to mind for me is like the, those relationships with the, the people of our lives are, are very difficult to navigate when you are driven. Yeah, and and I have experienced. I've had to learn the lesson the hard way. I mean, I've, I've shared this on the show before, but I completely ruined a relationship because I was overly focused on the goal. Yeah, of probably the woman I should have married. Right. I'm gonna say maybe the because obviously I would have, you know, yeah. whatever. But but my point is like I got so zeroed in on money at 25 years old, and everyone knows I lost all the money. Right. But if maybe if I would have been focused differently, things would have been different with that woman. And and I, I remember. Probably four years ago, um, I was like listening to Grant Cardone say something, and I didn't really understand until like I sat, I processed it, and I looked back on some of my relationships and some of my friendships. And he said the reason why he knew he was supposed to marry his wife is because one day he told her, "I'll give up anything for you except my dreams," and she said, "I, I wouldn't expect anything less." And what I realized in, in retrospect, looking at that woman that I was with in my twenties. It was, I will give up literally everything of all time ever to have you, you know, and not understanding that the, the dreams of being able to navigate that has to be so much more than just like money and success. And, and now when I think about my goals, which are like literally on the back of my phone, which I read 17 times a day, which I write down twice a day, every day, 
One of them is to be in a healthy, long, sustaining relationship that I get to say I was in for 25 years, right? And and that to me is something that I move for. But there is a there is a caveat in this that me, that is everything. And so I'm not going to stop going for my dreams for this. Yeah, you know. And I think the right person in your life, the right people in your life, will respect it. When I go and I look at like my friendships of my 20s. Dude, those guys all doing the same. We did all twenty. Yeah, they're all drunk. They're all overweight. I what? Let me be clear. I'm not on them because I love them. But what I'm saying is, you look at my circle now. Those people are not in my circle, and and we're so tied to this idea that when we're changing, it's not okay to leave people behind. And I think it's the most important thing we can do. Yeah, and I think that sometimes people think they're leaving them. I'll tell you. I agree. I don't think it's right. I don't. You know. Like I got a good friend of mine that I hold close to my heart, um, and I don't I don't hang out with him on a regular basis. I'll see him maybe maybe once a year, and when we get together, we laugh, man. We tell stories, and it's a good time. But I know that I can't hang out with him every day because the lifestyle that he lives and the lifestyle that I live are entirely different. There'll either be some level of resentment that he has towards me because um, maybe he might feel inferior to what I've been able to accomplish because he's looking at it at a monetary and a financial basis. And to me, that holds almost zero relevance. I and mean, he's a good dad and a good husband. He's not standing, stood on his own two feet. Um, but people get resentful of that. And um, in the opposite, he drinks a lot and he doesn't really fit my lifestyle, right? And as much as I love him, I just don't want to be around the alcohol and, um, and, and it just doesn't fit the direction that I want my kids to see. It doesn't fit the direction and the example of, of that portion of being a father that I want to depict on my kids. And, um, and I just don't want that be a depiction on my life as well, because that you slowly start succumbing your life to the people you're around. So if I'm around him more regularly, I probably will end up drinking. So I, I have a question that, that I feel like is going to help a lot of people. Sure. You grew up having some resentment about dyslexia, being mad at people obviously facing some confidence issues, having a teacher come into your life who plays this really important role, feeling like you want to prove it to not only them, but to you. And then you find this path of success. What, what I'm wondering about in that, because this is where I, what I think is so incredible about your journey is success isn't, you just said it, it's not money. It's not money. What is success like me and you? Oh, bro, you're going to make me cry. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, success to me has everything to do with, with everything. I mean, money makes <laughs> your life easier. But success to me is about family and my faith. You know, um, you know what, who you are as a person in, in all aspects. You know, um, success to me is, is um, how my wife thinks of me. Um, when you say when I when I say what other people think of you, it's not what they think of me monetarily, but who I what I what people think of me, what I represent, mm-hmm. right? Um, like when someone says my name, is is it is it dominantly that bad things or is it dominantly good things? Like, did I make an impact being here? You know, um, but my family for sure over everything is um, success to me. But you have to. But success also falls in with yourself, right? Because like, I know that I can't be the father that I want to be, the boss I want to be, the husband I want to be, 
you know, first, I'm not happy with me. And so there's like levels to this because um, success is like, okay, how well have you taken care of yourself? Like, are you, are you watching your weight? Are you watching like what you eat? Are you watching what you put in your body? Do you smoke? Do you drink? Um, how are you treating yourself? You know, are you not sleepy? You know, are you, is your, are you so, because I hear entrepreneurs talk about this, like, oh, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get rest. I'm up before a.m. Yeah, this is what I do. And, uh, and I, if I wouldn't sleep, I wouldn't sleep if I didn't have to. And I, I only sleep. It's a, you know, say all this, this stuff that I think is total in regards to that, because like, man, if you can't, if you don't have health, how do you sustain everything else around you? So it starts with your core, right? Like success to me is like, okay, it starts here at this core that I live in called my body. And then you were talking about the spirit earlier. And it was funny because I, I, the sermon this Sunday was about, um, thanking God for not for the stuff in life, but our spirits that we live in. And I always get like one thing. That's why I'm like, it's like, like, like to me, it's like the recharge once a week, like you got to recharge. And you talked about praying to your spirit, like being thankful about your spirit. Um, and, um, and you and Cole were talking about this, but one of the um, things to me is we've got to start with our core first and got to be happy with who you are. Then I can be a better father. And if I can, if, I, if I'm a successful person in every way that I can be, then I can be a better husband. I can be a better dad. Um, I can be a better boss. Um, I can be better to business partners. I can be better in every aspect of my life. So that to me is true success. And there's a lot of balance and moving pieces in that. And it's ongoing. We're never going to be successful 100% to our satisfaction every day if you're really driving towards that. But the more we work at that, um, that is success. And that's ongoing forever. What are your thoughts about when you hear people say things along the lines of, well, that's for you, that's for them. I'm never going to have it. I don't deserve it. It's, you know, it's impossible. Look where I came from. What are your thoughts about they need to change their mindset. They need to shift it. Um, I'll tell this story because I think this has to do with exactly what you're talking about. Um, I remember studying in college and I was sitting at um, a little cafe diner and it's a stupid little cafe diner that the food items aren't. I remember being so broke. My parents didn't give us money. You know, they didn't, they gave us an education. Their philosophy was we give you a platform and you go from there. They didn't buy us cars. They didn't do that stuff. Um, they, just, they, they expected us to go out and do, and, um, and I remember being in this cafe diner, cousin and I were both right. Well, I'm not close from a really big family of 11 kids and our moms were sisters and they grew up in the same fashion, you know, and, um, and you go back to yourself and remember looking up at that, at, um, the menu board. And I remember looking up thinking, I would tell bro, one day we'll be able to afford anything on that menu. And it was a little diner and everything was about was like 89 cent burritos and $2.50 plates, $5 plates, and we couldn't afford it, you know? And, um, and we, uh, you know, you, you come from that and you built towards something bigger. And, and I apologize, I forgot the question because I got caught on this story, but it has to do with the direction we're going. You're yeah, people are getting Yeah, and so when, they're, when you get stuck in that, like I could have stayed there but, oh, and here's, here's what it was, is that I knew I deserved more. And my parents would tell me all the time. They'd say, Jerome, those restaurants, and it's funny, I got my parents a gift certificate to Chris, uh, Ruth Chris Restaurant just two years ago. And uh, my parents come from predominantly Hispanic family. They were um, Spanish speaking, um, you know, 
from the time they were young, they didn't learn English till they were in uh, in school, and they got discriminated against it when they were growing up. And so they didn't teach us Spanish as a result, and they didn't want us to go through that. And so they landed up becoming resentful towards those who discriminated against them, right? Rightfully so, right? Um, to a certain degree, and I wouldn't say rightfully so, but it happened. Okay. But so yeah, and so anyways, they raised us in that fashion where there was a little bit of discrim back discrimination towards the white because they said they would tell us they would go um those that isn't for people like us that's for those types of so dangerous and um and so much so that they still are like that today like I got them a gift certificate and it's Ruth Chris Reshkoff for God's sakes but they got there and I said hey how was dinner you know a couple weeks later when I saw them they'd go and they go oh you know there's a my dad was like, oh, there's all those fancy people, those fancy rich people in there, you know? They still, to this day, don't believe that they're worthy enough to go to sit down, you know, uh, Ruth Chris, to sit down and have a dinner. So we were raised like that. And, they, and you know what drove me? You know what really drove me? Is I sat back and I go, I'm taught on one end, going to Catholic school, that we're all born equal. That God made us all equal. But yet I'm being told by my parents that they're, like the better things in life that I think, like the better foods, the better trout, aren't for people like us. Is for people like them. And yet they're resentful to those same people. Why? And so I wanted to prove to myself that if we were truly born equal, why is it that I can't have the better things in life? Why can't I go have a Wagyu steak or a sushi dinner or whatever it was at that point? Why was that for the white man that I was taught that? I feel like I was born equal. If I was truly born equal and I should be able to get it, that drove me. Yeah. I, I resonate with that so much, man. Like that's what drove me to that first million bucks. Yeah. I mean, obviously I lost it all because I got all the thing because I had the car and I had the closet and I had the shoes and the $500 to, you got to think this is 20 years almost, yes. right? So like I'm 21, oh, right, 18 years ago. So I'm like 21 and I'm eating $300 dinners a couple of times a week. That's like a thousand dollar dinners today. And I was like, yeah, I proved it to everybody. But the, the problem was I just didn't have clarity about it. And have clarity about like why do I want this? And and what I've come to realize now, and and to me, I agree with you. I don't think success is money, but money is a really beautiful thing that will allow you to take care of your health, take care of your family, take care of your people. And you know, I, I took my brothers and my ex partner to Tony Robbins. That was a five figure event out of my pot. I spent everything for that because I wanted to expose them to that other side. And I think sometimes you just need to get exposed to a little bit, right? Yeah. And this journey, this healing process, this thing with Think Unbroken, everything that we're trying to do is just exposing people because yeah. we grow up and people go, I can't have self-love and worth. And I go, yes, you can. You can. And you know, don't you feel sometimes that that exposure is also dangerous to them sometimes? Um, and let me explain why. Um, and, and just let me know if you've experienced this, you know, um, we're our own biggest demons, I feel like. We, we ourselves hold ourselves back from what, it, it doesn't have to do with anything, any, anything more than our own in, inadequacies and the syndromes that come along with that. You know, one of the, one of the big things is, you know, we, we're so hard on ourselves, we hinder our own ability um, to succeed time and time again. And, and one of the, one of the big things is when you expose somebody to entrepreneurship or self-healing, they have to admit that there's something wrong with them. And most people aren't willing to admit that there's something wrong with them. 
And that's a big problem because they're in denial. It's just like an addict or anybody else. Um, so much so that I remember when I was uh, 21 years old, I was living in Virginia. Um, one of my closest friends uh, was, I was trying to get him to go in the same direction I was. And his mom called me and said, stop. She literally called me in my office in Virginia. And she goes, Jerome, you need to stop giving my son those books. And I said, what books? And it was Teak and Grow Rich, How to Live Friends and Influence People. Insane. And his book, and Jack go, I go, are you kidding me? I'm not feeding your son drugs. I'm giving him success books to make him better. Well, do you know that it's okay for them to be have normal jobs? Like what you're doing isn't for everybody. And I said, I get that, but I'm trying to make him, you know, he's my best friend. I, I'm trying to make him better. And she was resentful to me for trying to make her son better because she wanted to make sure that her son understood that it was okay to be average. It was okay to be normal. That there was nothing wrong with him. That my direction was the wrong direction and that his dire her direction was the right direction as a mom. And I think that there's some a lot of resentment from people because they have to truly admit to themselves that what a little piece of them is broken. And most people are not willing to admit the fact that there is a portion of them that's broken from their upbringing and yeah. are in denial. Yeah. And that's that's a hard truth because you, know, you hear that and I think to myself, she probably would have preferred you were giving him drugs because I think the most dangerous thing someone can have is an open mind to possibility. Yeah, I think so. Because they, they make they open a door for failure. That's right. And, and that's yeah. so scary. Yeah, it's scary. Dude, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, know, what's funny, man. I was thinking about this. I always get nervous before I speak. You know, it doesn't matter. I've spoken in front of 10,000 people. I've spoken in front of two. I text you before I came to speak at your mastermind. I'm like, I'm in the hallway, like gathering my thoughts because I get super nervous, right? Yeah. You would never know. Like people see me up there and they're like, this dude's a national, whatever. But what they don't see is like, I put this idea in my head, like one day I could do this. Yeah. And, and I just started doing, but the failures were massive, massive. And I was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to learn from this. Oh, I made a mistake there. Okay, cool. When I said this, maybe I should have did that because that's where I get the laugh. Oh, over here is where I get the tears. Over here is, and it was just like, I took those failures and I built on them. And, and my hope is that people will just start building on the failures. Because I, I think failure is a great foundation. Yeah. Because you're only going up from there. Yeah. Well, and I did that. I, I spoke in front of a group one time and I talked about that. I said, let me ask you guys a question. If I put up a, a thought right now, I mean, you could try anything in life and nobody around you knew and could see anything that you were doing. And you had the endless ability to fail and fail and fail and fail. And nobody was going to judge you. Would you try more? Would you do more? Would you go after things more, knowing that you weren't going to be condemned? Because it isn't their, it isn't their fear of failing that is the true fear. It's the fear, it's the fear of judgment that is the true, um, is the true fear. And almost a hundred percent of that said, absolutely, I I would do it. And I said, when you become that confident in yourself, is when you'll succeed. That's right. The hardest part about what you just said is everyone is always going to say yes to that question. Yeah. yeah. And 2% of people will ever actually take this. And that's why there's the stacks. And, and I'd say, you know, that's what you see it. 3% of the 3% uh, of the population controls 95% of the wealth in the world. And um, the other 5% the other is shared by 97% of the population. And it's because of that statistic right there. That says, We're not going to change that statistic, unfortunately, but we can change the lives of one or two or three people here and there. Yeah. Hopefully we find a, a Michael. Hopefully we find a Jerome. Hopefully we find a Cole. Hopefully we find that one person that is listening to this and we impact that one person's life. 
and we've done our job really. Yeah, that's exactly right. Man, thank you so much for being here. This has just been an awesome, awesome conversation. Your vulnerability and your authenticity, I, I love you, dude. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, before I ask you my last question, where can everyone find you? Um, Jerome Maldonado, um, you can find me on every social media platform. Um, under Jerome Maldonado on IG, it's the Jerome Maldonado, but I'm real easy to find. You can Google me online and my websites are Jerome Maldonado. We'll have that in Cliff Note. Amazing. Yeah, I'll, we'll, it'll be everywhere at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. My last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Oh, you know, I was thinking about that when you, when you asked Cole a second ago and then, and, and uh, I, I didn't want this question. I want it to be more organic. So I kind of just exited out of my mind. Um, unbroken is, has to do with your life spirit to me. Like when you can't be broken down by life circumstances, because I think at moments we all feel broken down. Um, we have moments that we all feel um, a little beat up, um, even when we're tired or hungry or whatever he is, life just has a way to beat us up. Um, being unbroken is, um, is when you have all your pieces in life put together. And for me, my kids, my family, um, business, my faith, my health, um, everything's in alignment. And, um, and, but it's not just when that stuff's in alignment, it's when things go bad, when you have so much control of your life, it, nobody and no life circumstance can take, can break you down and subject you to anything more than what you are right now. And so to me, being unbroken is having the innate ability to be strong enough to have a direction that follows your true life of where you ultimately want to be. And for me, it just has to do really with, uh, with family and freedom. Yeah. Really so, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And remember that when you do, you're helping other people transform trauma to triumph, breakdowns to breakthroughs, and others just like you to become the hero of their own story. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit, and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. 
And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.